Fratelloni's Garden. <laughs> Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1031, March 7, 2023. 73 degrees on this day on two occasions, 1987 and year 2000. And it was 16 below on this day in 1960. A foot of snow on this day in 1917. And tonight you're looking at a full moon. The snow crust moon, as the Ojibwe would have called it. And the blindness, the snow blindness moon, as the Lakota referred to it. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner. Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Hyde in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushi. Hi there, how are you? Good. Uh, good, good, good. I, I have a, a new way of observing the mystery. We cannot, where's my story? It's, this is big. This is big. What's I can't. Here? Yes. Uh, should be another one over there, Rook. Yeah, I got it. Never okay. mind. We can't have a functioning society. What do you mean? <clears throat> uh, this, this blaming Kia and Hyundai is something I can't get out from under my bonnet. And it's getting worse. Uh the bill has been introduced at the uh, state legislature yesterday requiring anti-theft devices in vehicles 10 years old and newer amid a wave of Kia and Hyundai thefts that's riddled the Twin Cities. Now, here, here's a quote that, I, I, that alerted me to how much trouble we're in. What we have right now is a situation where a manufacturer has produced an automobile that is simply not safe to have in our community right now, oh. Representative Zach Stevenson, Democrat of Coon Rapids, said. On Monday, lawmakers proposed a bill that would require manufacturers to install anti-theft protection devices for free to any vehicle made after January 1, 2013, without an immobilizer. How can you have... Now, we called him, or you tried to call him. I really want to talk to this fellow. His name is Zach Stevenson. I've seen him quoted a few times on the news. He's very pro-marijuana, and I don't know much about him, except he represents the Coon Rapids area. Look him up, Rook. How old is he? Zach Stevenson. I saw his photo before I made the call. Normal-looking guy. I would say he's probably in his early to mid-30s. Yeah, anyway, you tried to reach him, because I want to confront him. It I was, really want to confront him. It was so good. How his, good was his it? incoming voicemail message. I almost want to play it for you and the GLers on the show. Well, because, why don't you then? All right, then I'm going to. <laughs> all right, all go right. ahead. Because it's it's pretty good. To show you the layers of, of protection here. Uh, Zach Stevenson, 35A, where is biographical Coon Rapids, mm-hmm. occupation prosecutor, BA public policy analysis, Knox College, and his JD from the University of Chicago, elected to a third term in 2018, married, spouse, uh, two children. Mm-hmm. Spouse is Austin. He's not going to answer, I'm just letting you know. All right. So He's he must be, uh, I, 
I, he must have married a guy. You have reached the voicemail of Representative Zach Stevenson, chair of the House Commerce, Finance, and Policy Committee. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, this voicemail is being checked remotely. Due what? to the freaking pandemic what? that started three years ago, I ain't taking no calls. Uh, and it's you been just, over for a year. Well, wouldn't you check it remotely even in the midst of a big pandemic? I, sure. I don't understand. Due to the pandemic. But it's a phone call. Hey, Zach, <laughs> I got your pandemic right yeah. here. That's true. Doesn't everybody check their messages remotely? Shoot. No, to. we should have left a sneeze message. How can you have a functioning society, and I'm deadly serious, how can you have a functioning society with this kind of thinking? Uh, you you can't. can't. There's a there's a breaking you, point. You just there's, can't. Broken. there's an intersection point where caves. He believes, how can we, what we have right now is a situation where a manufacturer has produced an automobile that is simply not safe to have in our community right now. Uh, he went to Coon Rapids, graduated in 2002, uh, was a prosecutor, is a prosecutor for Hennepin County, former staffer for Amy Klobuchar, Senator Klobuchar. Well, his ideology is destroyed. Uh, I mean, he has no ideology. I... I and this is who represents us. This is who represents the Coon Rapids area. A guy who believes that it's the car's fault if it gets stolen. How can you have a rational, functioning society? Another emailer wondering if Melvin Carter is going to sue automobile manufacturers because suspensions aren't strong enough to withstand the potholes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Or because maybe, maybe wow. they're not safe enough for when somebody hijacks, they might drive exactly. into a restaurant. Or they could hit, they could steal a Hyundai and then get hurt in a pothole. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> what was so, the, uh, so that would be, be a double, a double yeah. whammy. Do we know what yeah. kind of car? Because, uh, Kenny, we talked about it Friday, the car that flipped over the bridge on 94. That was on a Friday. Hyundai. Was it that a was, Hyundai? Yes. Well, oh, there you go. They're not Oh, wait, what's the, what's the other one? Uh, uh, Hyundai and. The one where uh, they Kia. took Kia? off after Kia. the. Kia, I think it might have been a Kia. Okay, let's break this down. Now, if you told me that BMW had as a trim level, an option level on their 3 Series, a, uh, a means of the owner starting the car by merely approaching it and clapping their hands, okay, maybe I could see the point. Maybe I could see, wait a minute, BMW, are you really that? See, at that point, BMW is stupid. Yeah. At that point, BMW has to be confronted with their stupidity uh, that some owner would actually have paid an extra $982 for that option. And so now, hell, I'd well, steal They one. are getting easier to start. But, but there is nothing in the, the ability to trick start a Kia that benefits the owner of a Kia. Does that make sense? In other words, yeah. no owner of a Kia is going to dismantle the steering column in order to start the car. Right. No, they put a key in and start it like a normal car Let's owner. Let's go. And somehow some kids got wind of the idea that you just dismantle this thing and put a telephone charger on it, and bing, bang, boom, you can start it up. That's not the point. The point is criminals steal cars. It's not the car's fault. If, and I really wanted to talk to this Stevenson, because I think he's 
I, I think he's a lost case. I, I don't know how we can function with the likes of him. He's a lawyer, a prosecutor. Uh, I, I, I now distrust him in anything he would do. He'd and, come on, but due to the pandemic, he's well, he could be on remote yeah, six yeah. feet. But if you uh, if you believe that it's not safe to have a car in the neighborhood that turns out has been routinely stolen. What else would you, what, where do you stop with that corrosive ideology? Where do you, where else do you go to continue to create a society that is no longer functioning? Cars cannot be driven over the speed limit. Um, uh, cars cannot, you can't use excessive uh, acceleration. My, I'm seeing government cars in our future, Joe. Mileage restrictions? My, absolutely. No, 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 no. Forget cars. Take yeah, remove his, it take, from cars. Take oh. his ruined ideology and apply it to other areas well, of life. You're seeing it with guns. Well, what about a construction site? Uh, let's say there's a new apartment construction site in Coon Rapids. And for some reason, the bulldozers in their excavation... Uh, unearth uh, a tall pile of rocks hmm. that are about the size of softballs. And by his logic, you would have to order the uh, the construction company to to get rid of the rocks because they're too easily thrown. Yeah. Oh, disposed of in a proper manner. Yeah, they probably already are. get rid of the rocks because they would be too tempting to be thrown at other people. Okay. What if somebody broke into your house? Speak louder, was, John. What if somebody broke into your house and was able to get through your lock? Wouldn't that be your fault then, under right. his reasoning? Right. It, it wouldn't be the thief's fault. No, it would not be the thief's fault. It would be the lock company's fault. Yeah, the manufacturer. Yeah. Or, or the, the homeowner, yeah. Yeah. But that's where the mystery is taking us. I haven't heard accountability once. <laughs> Not once. The word accountability in any sense. Does this guy, did you tell me he had children? Well, it's he, on he, his Wikipedia page. It says he's married to his wife, Austin. Well, they that's have a two children. hornable name, by the way. He All resides right. in Grand Rapids. <laughs> in 2023, this year, he came out as bisexual. That doesn't mean anything, but that's just part of his He body. did, okay. His wife is, got two is kids. female. I, I did hear you say earlier. Rosemary. Why is that? Why he is that? Guy. His wife is a female. That's Austin. on his page? His wife well, is yeah. a female, Jan? His wife is a female, yes. On the exact why uh, is that State House, you can imp- see, see all that. Important. I don't know. Because, I didn't uh, write it, Kenny. Well, Kenny, I know. It's important because he's probably the first. Probably. Well, let's let's not get hung up on his sexuality let's let's get hung up on this corrosive ideology because if you believe that cars are unsafe because they can be stolen where else are you going to go with this what law could possibly remain a law (laughs) because it's what law could possibly remain a law you know damn well where he would be standing on guns i don't even think it's a risk to guess where he stands on guns, it's the gun's fault. Yeah. When cops shoot at somebody, it's the cop's fault. Even so though they're coming else at them. shot, it's the gun's fault. Yeah, even though the perp is coming at them with a knife and right. they're about to get stabbed in the face. This is pathetic. This is, this is alarming. Although we've, we've brushed up against alarm here for years, but it's becoming more and more evident that these are lost souls that have no grounding in common sense, have no grounding in the belief of right and wrong, 
have no grounding in rules and regulations. And this guy's a lawyer. Oof. Well, this goes back to being modeled as a child, and there's no winners and no losers. You're all winners, and um, yeah, this this is what we're seeing across the board with all of the uh, Democrats. I, I just, I, but I, it's, it's as if they're pushing each other out of the way to say. My wokeness is more important than yours. Point here's, of privilege. Point of privilege. Point of privilege. That's what it is. You're right, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a dreadfully sad note. I mean, we're witnessing... Uh, we're witnessing the complete destruction of a functioning society. Yeah. And we've seen it in other ways. The closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, the destruction of Portland, the destruction of Seattle and San Francisco, Los Angeles, Minneapolis, St. Paul. We're witnessing, because these are not qualified people. These are outliers. These are people with such corrosive ideology that they're blaming inanimate objects for the behavior of sentient beings. It's, it's beyond my comprehension, to tell you the truth. What's next? What's next? I've, like you said, what law is going to stand? Have I ever told you guys the story of our stolen outboard motor? No. No. When I was a kid? No. Wait. The, go ahead. Tell it again. That we had, an out, we had a twenty blue-shelled 25-horse Evinrude. So that means it would have been about a <clears throat> 53 or 54 Evinrude on the back of a Lyman outboard boat. Uh, in front of the cottage that ultimately got torn down and my old man built a year-round home there. Well, one night, apparently, somebody came in the dark and they took the motor. So when everybody awakened in the morning and went down to the, the lakefront, the motor was gone from the boat. And neighbors from 12 houses on either side came over and stared in astonishment that somebody stole a motor. It was so unthinkable. How unthinkable. It was so unthinkable that people just stood around and, and no one, it did not occur to anyone to blame Evan Root. Right. But was the group... And they were really easy to steal. Were the uh, was the group looking... No, no, no. But, but what I remember from it, uh, what I remember from it was the astonishment that people uh, witnessed a theft. You're they right. Could, they couldn't believe the it. The days Everybody of... Everybody lived in a time when we left our doors unlocked. Right. The the days of marching your kid down to the store because they stole a piece of chocolate. I did. I had... That's I was been one done to me. Scared straight. Those days <laughs> are over. I experienced yes. that, too. Yeah, I was uh, marched. The, the scene on the shore, I'm picturing a Norman Rockwell painting it where was. a couple of gentlemen have got their hat pushed back oh, yeah. and they're scratching yeah. the top yep. of their head. Yep. And all you did was undo the clamps that attach right. the motor, the transom. Right, they were pretty really, easy. You know, Stevenson, Zach Stevenson would have been beside himself filing lawsuits against Evan Rood and Mercury and Johnson and C. King and all the rest of them. They were easy to steal. And he, quite literally, would have blamed Evan Root hmm. if this was the modern times and the same thing happened. Do your girl and your Johnson. That's right. <laughs> and you keep telling me that was a real ad. That was a real yeah. ad. Yeah.
You, your kids, and your Johnson. I don't know where we go, fellas, because I'm despondent at the fact that uh, those governing us are... Uh, they're, they're mentally gone. They're gone. Hmm. I got it from our best mole that we now have. I think Kenny and I are going to play a game today, too, with oh, Kerry Dietzy. Fun. Uh, is it Kerry Dietzy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's got to be Walt's daughter, doesn't it? Yeah, it is. That's what yeah, I assumed, is. yeah. It is. it is. We got a note from our uh, mole that, uh, you know, what happens when one team controls everything? DFL wants to take what St. Paul has done, guaranteed basic income, and expand it to other cities and travel communities. Communities. There's not been any study or analysis in St. Paul as to the impact of this active program, but let's not wait for that. The DFL bill would spend $100 million in 2024 <laughs> and $100 million in 2025 to fund guaranteed basic income. You, as the mole notes, do you think they would stop funding it then in 2026? What's their number? <laughs> right. <clears throat> Five million in 2024 to identify local governments, nonprofits, and tribes to be part of the program. All of this before knowing results from what St. Paul is actually doing. Then I was linked to the uh, to the bill, Minnesota Basic Income Grant Program. The Commissioner of Human Services must establish a competitive grant program for local government entities, uh, Minneapolis tribal nations, or nonprofit organizations to provide regular cash payments to recipients in order to disrupt poverty, build wealth, advance equity, and support a recipient's basic needs. To be eligible for a grant under this section, applicants must be a local government entity, Minnesota tribal nation or nonprofit organization have the capability to provide monthly payments to eligible recipients and meet the requirements under this section. So the way I read that is uh, the government of uh, Zach Stevenson out there in Coon Rapids, the Coon Rapids uh, city council could apply for a grant and then it would be up to the likes of the city council to determine who could receive the guaranteed income? We no longer have a functioning society. It's it's Don't, it's, it's, the, it's the being erased. The, the output doesn't equal the input. There is no output. No, Don't I mean, we already they want to pay out? They want to pay out, but they're they, they're not realizing the money they're drawing from is going to dry up eventually. We kind of have that already with welfare, don't we, Joe? Sure, we do, and. And unemployment benefits. Yeah. You know, even the new police chief, is it O'Hara? Yes. Yes. And the mayor, the little guy, Fry, uh, they're on board with uh, the thinking of Stevenson to sue the, the car manufacturers. If, if, if in some future life, historians... Unearth our remains. <laughs> unearth the remains of what was once the great experiment known as the United States. And they look back and they wonder where it fell. Uh, I think Stevenson's quote should be inscribed in marble. What we have right now is a situation where a manufacturer 
has produced an automobile that is simply not safe to have in our community right now. He says right now. Does that presuppose that there will come a time when it's safe to have it in the community? You're right. And how about, so they say cars that are 10 years or older. So 10 years ago, it was safe to have that vehicle, but right now it's not? Apparently. And this is all vehicles? Yes, the bill is uh, all vehicles, 10 years old and newer that don't have this anti-theft addition to its ignition control. Mm-hmm. All vehicles. So they've jumped from Hyundai, Hyundai and Kia to all vehicles. Hmm. Take a time out. Well, please. now that the uh, governor just signed licenses for all, we're going to have a real big problem on our hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait, wait before you go. Okay. Wait, hang on. Dokovich, the tennis player. Yes. He's not vaccinated. Correct. He's not allowed in this country. Right. Well, <laughs> explain the people at the border then. Oh, that's different. Okay. Thank yeah, you. no, that's, that's just you. different. All right. All right. I just as long as you have an ID and you're an illegal, you're fine. All right. Don't All need right. shots. All right. Hey, GLers, it's Reavers here, and you've heard me talk about my relationship with Josh Arnold for quite some time now. And the reason I advocate that you give Josh a call is simple. Well, actually, it's two reasons, trust and results. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions. As he says, past results do not guarantee future returns. While that is true, Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. And you can trust Josh to make sure that you are not paying more in fees than you are selling in returns. Yes, that is more common than you would think. So do yourself a favor by booking a 48-minute free, yes, free consultation that has absolutely no obligation. Call Josh today at 952-925-5608. That number, once again, is 952-925-5608. You will be glad you did. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Uh, March 14th, next Tuesday, a week from today. That's how long the Liberty Safe March Madness sale is hap- uh, going on up at Maple Grove Lock and Safe. You can save up to $400 through the 14th on select Liberty Safes. A couple of Centurion 24s with a 40-minute fire protection. These kind of go up the scale. The USA Series Level 3. Colonial, Level 4, Fat Boy, Level 5, and then the big, big one, the Lincoln Series. Level 7 security rating and a two-hour fire protection rate, all of them on sale. You can save up to $400 during this big March Madness sale through next Tuesday. Uh, the Liberty Safe lineup, not only me, but everybody says the best money can buy made right here in the United States of America. Transferable lifetime warranties. Professional delivery and installation always available, courtesy of Rich, the owner of Maple Grove Lock and Safe. He's at 6901 East Fish Lake Road and on the internet at maplegrovelockandsafe.com. Carrie Diedzik, a legislator, DFLer, of course, she's the majority leader of the Minnesota Senate. She has a very cheerful, cheerful piece yeah. that Kenny's worked up about called DFL is Delivering for Minnesota. 
And it's in today's Star Tribune. Maybe, Kenny, you could take it from there. The, the gridlock is over. Mm-hmm. When Minnesotans dis- elected a new DFL majority in the Senate last November, they sent a clear message that they were tired of the frustrating gridlock and inaction that had blocked many of their priorities at the state capitol. You stop right there? Yeah. What that means is they were really angry that they weren't getting their way. You fixed it for us. I just fixed it. (laughs) At the end of the 2022 legislative session, they saw promised tax cuts disappear, agreements to fund top priorities like schools, nursing homes, public safety, and job-creating infrastructure bills fall apart. In short, Minnesotans demanded something different, a government that is accountable, responsive to their struggles, and willing to compromise to finish its important work. Uh, That's a euphemism for, we firmly believe that the government should be in charge of creating jobs, not the private sector. You fixed it for us. Mm -hmm. We've already enacted more than $100 in tax cuts and delivered urgent help for out-of-work Minnesota miners with bipartisan support. To keep communities safe across Minnesota, we've delivered funding to triple the amount of help and expertise the Attorney General can give to small and rural counties to prosecute murder cases and other violent and complex crimes. Miners are out of work because we have prohibited mining. It's so simple that the space she could have saved, the ink. And now we are moving on a series of uh, consumer protection bills, including one to address the exploding number of catalytic converter thefts that cost car owners across Minnesota thousands of dollars and many months to fix. Simple. We need to sue the manufacturers for making the catalytic (laughs) catalytic converters more difficult to steal. You fixed it. We're working to address price gouging, including large drug companies, and to ban the cruel practices of conversion therapy, and we will continue our push for property tax relief and tax cuts for families who are now finding child care unaffordable. And rest assured that if we come up with property tax relief and tax cuts for families, we'll dream up new taxes to cover up our losses. <laughs> the truth. You just fixed it with the truth. The carbon emissions posing the number one threat to the health of our planet. The number one threat to the health of our planet is a very rough time now in the world of public safety. We've we've enacted transformative laws that puts Minnesota on the path to 100% carbon-free electricity by 2040. And we don't care what that means for your electric bill. By doing this, we're... But, but Joe, by doing this, we are restoring our state as a leader in fighting climate change and creating clean energy jobs. That's a legacy worth delivering to future generations. No, it isn't. (laughs) (laughs) Right to the point. No, no, it isn't. Uh, We've enacted a bipartisan ban on discrimination against persons' natural hair, something that disproportionately happens to black women in our state. And we've made June, uh, June, excuse me, Juneteenth. Is that how you say that? Uh Juneteenth, which commemorates the end of slavery, a state 
holiday. Because we're doing everything in our power to sustain the legacy of slavery because we don't want anyone to forget it because that's how we continue to control the masses. We've made our roads safer by allowing every Minnesotan to earn a driver's license after passing required tests and purchasing insurance. And we don't care if the cars are too difficult to steal. We're working towards that. We'll push efforts that Minnesotans have been willing for, like paid, that have, oh, excuse me, uh, that have been waiting for, like paid family and medical leave, electoral reforms that strengthen our democracy, and funding to improve the health and safety of our communities. Ultimately, we'll deliver a balanced budget. No, you won't. And we're not a democracy. We're a constitutional republic. There's a difference. Minnesotans, tired of gridlock and inaction, were looking for a change. We listened, and now we're leading the progress. We're getting things done and improving lives. The end. No, you're not. <laughs> Joe, you just fixed it for her. You're not improving lives. I I read that this morning, and there was steam coming out of my ears. and just a big, blatant lie. The Ford Motor Company... Here's the other thing. The, the automobile manufacturers, they lay down in front of these people. They did cave. They, they cave in front of these people. They rushed into the production of EVs. Is that as a result of getting the government money from the bailout uh, a decade ago or whatever it was? Is that when they started to really be forced no. to listen to environmentalists? No, it's a result of their fear of being considered out of favor by the banking industry, which also was acting in concert with a uh, political process to ruin life. So if you don't uh, jump through the hoops that the politicians come up with, ESG scores, for example, environmental, social, and governance, maybe the bank won't give you a loan. So therefore, the automobile manufacturers, for example, it would be the same with toothpaste and potato chips and, and whatever. But the automobile manufacturers, they lay down in front of these people to impress upon them how seriously they take them. Ford uh, is paving a way now uh, for a car that can functionally repossess itself. I don't understand. That way you won't have to involve anybody. Apparently, like a boomerang? Apparently there's some <laughs> computer uh, chip they can invent ah. that would prevent the car from starting if you're behind on your payments, well, but, which I'm surprised uh, the political class would go for. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something like, oh, you're too, that's okay. That's it's, okay. It doesn't matter if yeah. you're behind. Uh, don't worry about it. We're not going to repossess it. That's right. That's too harsh. That's right. Anyway, that's what they're doing. So... <laughs> You buy a Ford, and, and apparently if you fall behind on the payments, but there'll be always a Zach Stevenson to step forward and find some fault with that uh, because that's not fair. It's not fair of the car to prevent you from, from driving it. Wow. <laughs> so Ford's application makes it clear it, that cars of tomorrow will be capable of high-tech wizardry. Boy, I'll tell you, uh, I, really, I really think that that's true. I think maybe... Uh, Cars is going to be the first. Uh, what's the the first mountain they conquer? Yeah. In uh, in reducing your freedom to just drips and dri dribbles. Big car. Uh, big oil. Big car. Big car. <laughs> big education, though they don't do that. No, one. can't do that. No, they don't. And do even Carrie said there, where we we failed education. 
Uh, you've been saying it for decades. Half the budget goes to education. Well, it's all a lie, and they're all beholden to the educators so. who elect them. The administrators get the money, and the union gets the money. The teachers don't get necessarily the get the money. The teachers are being deprived of an education by administrations that are so steeped in this nonsense, they don't know what to do about it. Do you know that that Joe Gossard won't even return the call of uh, Jane <laughs> Prince, who's a St. Paul City Council member? She emailed Wow. Me. Well, why, why should he? Well, get rid of this fool. What obligation does he have to, you know, city council person? I think politicians, board members, council members, and the like should have to sign a sworn affidavit that if a constituent wants to get in touch with them, they have 48 hours uh, to do it. I will not argue that. Okay. Well, best of luck. I mean, I don't disagree. Yeah. With you, like best well, of luck. Looks like it's unanimous here. That was really out in a limb, Rook. Okay. By the way, the Kia and Hyundai movement uh, is uh, being uh, addressed everywhere in the country, not just here. So the political class is onto it. No matter what city you're in, they're more than willing to blame. Kia and Hyundai. So states' attorney generals are on board with this. Oh yeah. And yeah. going after them. Yeah, well, they're protecting the consumer. You, you know what? You're not doing a damn thing for me as the owner of the car. I didn't I didn't buy the car because I thought it would be easy to steal. I have a 22-year-old that uh, owns a, a Kia, and we box rent every night. <laughs> <laughs> what year is it? basically put the cars... It's a 2015. I don't know what it is. Well, you should be. You should get compensation. For I that. should get compensation for it, but I'm not asking. It shouldn't be your responsibility. Right, right. Those damn criminals. Yeah. I don't know why you still can get jewelry. Huh? Well, I mean, the day's coming when I suppose jewelry oh. will be so frowned upon by the elites that only the elites will have jewelry. Yeah, but you only have one place to go <laughs> if you're going somewhere. So get to Moeller and get your own jewelry. Yeah. I shopped there. I've shopped there for 30 years. Just oh. don't ask him for help. You know, Moeller doesn't know anything. You <laughs> want to go to RF Moeller Jeweler, family-owned and operated since 1951, Ford in Cleveland and St. Paul, brand-new remodeled building. It's really cool. And uh, 50th in France in Edina. Really, they are educated staff. I've gotten to know them, and I, I don't look for an owner when I go in. I just go to the staff, and they oh, help yeah. me. Uh, I was there recently, had a watch fixed. They got their own in-house stuff. I mean, it's 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 the best. It's where everybody in my extended family has celebrated whatever they've needed for birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, engagements, graduations. It's absolutely the uh, cream of the crop in jewelry and estate jewelry. And uh, you can get a ring from a curated collection a curated collection or work with an in-house artisan to create the ring you want yeah but my favorite is this though come on i know they're selling jewelry yeah but they're selling service the last time i was in that wonderful store i went to the back room bobby closed the glass doors and i said what do you got for me yeah and then a drawer opened and <laughs> and yeah i didn't leave for about another 45 minutes i forgot i've to known buy a these ring. molars all my life uh well, it seems that way. It seems that it way. It seems yeah. that way. And uh, I, I swear by RF, it's the only jewelry store I've ever gone to, to tell you the truth, and the only one I will ever go to. And I uh, highly recommend it. Great website, rfmoller.com. But two locations, RF Moller Jeweler in St. Paul, Ford in Cleveland in Highland Park, and at 50th in France in Edina. 
You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Wow, in all this time of the government taking your money, giving it to somebody else, uh, not who you want to do, you know, there's a way that you can have like, ha- actually have somebody take your money and they will put it to very good use. That's when you donate to Minnesota Masonic Charities online at mnmasoniccharities.org. Poking around their website, there's a lot to learn. If you click on news and events in the news, uh, you learn about the elementary school minnow tank project for the Masonic Cancer Center, Minnesota Masonic Charities timeline of giving, uh, see some of the staffing video. There's all sorts of great stuff. There are galas, all sorts of wonderful things where you're going to inform yourself what a great pillar of the community the Minnesota Masonic Charities are. So if you care to donate your well-earned money, and it's going to go to a very good cause, maybe the home, the old folks' home, uh, maybe the children's home, it's all sorts of great stuff. 952-948-6200. And I joked when this campaign started that they wear the funny hats, they have the handshakes, the secret meetings. Well, they do have some stuff that they keep close to the heart, but they're an open book. So if you want to donate or if you want to apply for a scholarship, click on the scholarships and find out how many different scholarships are available to someone you love or a student or someone in your family. Minnesota Masonic Charities, mnmasoniccharities.org, or just please donate, poke around. You're not going to go wrong donating here, 952 948-6200, online, mnmasoniccharities.org. Here's John Haidt in his newsroom. Thank you, Joe. Despite the number of calls increasing by more than a third, the Minneapolis Fire Department staffing numbers have remained the same for about 15 years. Numbers provided by Minneapolis Fire Chief Brian Tyner showed the department had about 35,000 calls in 2007 with... 434 sworn firefighters. Yet in 2022, 15 years later, the number of calls had gone up to 55,000, so about 20,000 more calls, but the staffing numbers remained exactly the same at 434. The chief told our friends down at Five Eyewitness News that from year to year, those staffing numbers have even dipped. He said most days they are running three on uh, uh, running three on the engines on most days. Standards set by the National Fire Protection Association require departments the size of MFD to respond to calls in five minutes or less 90% of the time. Tyner said MFD is no longer meeting that requirement as often as it would like. He did start budget talks Monday with Commissioner of Community Safety, Cedric Alexander. Minneapolis crews are looking to add to daily staffing numbers and possibly add another fire station in the city. The budgeted daily staffing limit right now is 102 firefighters, and Tyner would like that to go up to 108 in the 2024 budget. That would allow him to bring two more engines into the rotation every day. One of the men charged in a gunfight and crash that killed a bystander in Minneapolis back in 2021 will be spending more than two decades behind bars. Marvell Galveston Williams pleaded guilty in May to both second-degree and third-degree murder and illegal gun possession in the death of 18-year-old Autumn Merrick. On Monday morning, Williams was sentenced to more than 24 years for Merrick's death. Uh, Merrick, you might remember this story, was 18 years old, killed while riding a scooter on the sidewalk near 5th Street and 6th Avenue North, just a block from Target Field on October 6th, 2021, after two SUVs involved in a gunfight ended up crashing. Court documents said that Williams was a front seat passenger in one of those vehicles. The driver of the vehicle, Christopher Walker, is also charged with murder and is set to go on trial in May. 
Lawmakers in the Minnesota House of Representatives passed $2 billion worth of infrastructure spending Monday. We talked about that uh, happening possibly yesterday. Governor Walls initially proposed $3.3 billion for infrastructure spending in late January, but the current package smaller, coming in at $1.9 billion. The spending packages would also include some funds from the state's budget surplus to help communities across the state. With Democrats narrowly controlling both legislative chambers, the borrowing measure is seen as the main tool that Republicans have to leverage any control during the session as a 60% majority is required for bonding bills. Uh, even though the House passed the bonding bill, there's still an uphill climb in the Senate. Senate Minority Leader Mark Johnson, a Republican from East Grand Fork, said, we just want them to know that bill can be dead on arrival because we believe we need to see some tax cuts tied to that. It's a waste of time, said Senator Karen Housley, uh, Karen, I'm sorry, Housley of Stillwater. She said uh, they uh, need to send it over to the Senate because it will be dead on arrival without any tax cuts. However, House DFL leaders accused Republicans of playing political games. <laughs> the bond- it's, all they do. it's all both yeah. of them doing. Yeah. The did, anyone, did anyone uh, practice space management yesterday? No. I, I did. In the, I did I in did. the morning, but I didn't need to. I did. <laughs> it all yeah. melted anyway. You will that at the end single, of the week, that single stage uh, snowblower was really, really puffing and puffing. That was some wet, heavy stuff. It was, it was like the slushy machine right. coming out of the right. I've got yeah. some friendly advice coming up for you on that topic I, later I know in our do. podcast. Oh, I know you do. Uh, but I'm glad I did it because today well, what was left will be completely gone. And yeah. we're supposed to get more Thursday and Friday. Yeah, winter so, storm watch. That's right. That's right. I'm at Whee! the bleep it stage of winter. <laughs> I, I want to be, but uh, it was, uh, I had five inches of snow. No, I've turned into St. Paul. Bleep it. Let it'll it melt. melt. <laughs> it'll melt. Let it melt. St. Pothole. <laughs> Duluth Judge Sally Tarnowski, known for her mental health advocacy, died suddenly on Monday while vacationing in Florida, according to a news release from the Minnesota Judicial Branch. Tarnowski, who was appointed by Tim Pawlenty in 2007, was chief judge of the 6th Judicial Court from 2016 to 2020 and actively served as a St. Louis County judge, first elected in 2008, and her most recent term would have run through 2027. No immediate information on the cause of death. You know, guys, guys keel over suddenly in Florida every once in a while. Mm-hmm. You rarely hear of a gal. Uh, yeah. I wonder what happened to her. Yeah. Good, I have no idea. Gals usually uh, don't keel over suddenly. There's a lot of widows. That's right, Down Matt. There. Thank yeah. you. Not a lot of widowers. No. Leader of one of the first Minneapolis bands to break out into the late 60s music scene has died. James Walsh, who headed Gypsy, was 74 years old. He had had some health issues. Walsh joined a local rock band called the Hot Half Dozen in the 60s, then got recruited by the Underbeats. In 1968, the Underbeats evolved into Gypsy and moved out to Los Angeles. They became the house band at the popular Whiskey A Go-Go for almost two years, making lots of friends in the music community and opening for lots of acts. Walsh said in an interview a couple of years ago, Jimi Hendrix came out to see the band, apologized for using the name Band of Gypsies. We told him we didn't care. He came to the Gypsy house for a few days, jammed a little bit, hung out mostly. Gypsy received recording offers from the established Atlantic Records Company and Metro Media, a broadcast company that was suddenly hot in the music world with Bobby Sherman. Gypsy chose Metro Media which they made two records, and then they made two more for RCA. The albums did okay sales-wise, but in 1975, the band broke up. After the drug-related suicide of lead singer, songwriter, guitarist Enrico Rosenbaum in 1979, Walsh would occasionally resurrect the band. 
He did five more albums and an occasion performed live the last record in 2021. The last performance happened in 2022 at the Crooners nightclub up in my neck of the woods here. He made more money with the underbeats than his father was making as a printer, so he dropped out of yeah. Edison High School. Yes, I saw and that. And the story. underbeats were fabulous. They were just absolutely top drawer. And I thought Gypsy was, too, on the first album or two. And James Walsh had a great voice, a wonderful yeah. voice. I, I've never heard them or seen them. Can you describe their style of music? The underbeats were the... Uh, uh, Just give me a I, simple comparison. Okay, they were uh, the 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 replacements of the early '60s. Only they took themselves seriously. They were skilled. Oh. Uh, they had a wonderful sound. I thought that was Alex Chilton's band that did that. No, okay, they were maybe the Soul Asylum of the of the early '60s. They were. A, they were whatever you consider right now a great local group. That's what they were. Okay. Playing covers until they realized they were good enough to do their own stuff. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. And Gypsy was uh, almost a progressive rock band yes. in, in that age. Yes. Uh, but not as, you know, weird as some of those progressive right. rock bands got. Right. They were a very good band. First two albums, Joe, like you said, yeah. were very good, I thought. Yeah. Two of the four American citizens kidnapped in Mexico over the weekend are dead, according to Mexican authorities. One of the victims was found alive, while the fourth is injured in unknown condition. And according to the Tamaulipas state governor, Americo Villarreal, Villarreal confirmed the news in a call to Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador during his daily press conference. One suspect, who is yet to be named by Mexican officials, was arrested in connection with the kidnappings. Mexico's Secretary of Security and Citizen Protection, Rosa Isela Rodriguez Velazquez, said <laughs> loved ones identified the victims as Latavia Tay McGee, Shaheed Woodard, Eric James Williams, and Zindel Brown. Brown's sister, Zalandria, told the FBI her younger brother and two other friends were with a third friend who was going to Mexico for tummy tuck cosmetic surgery. Mm. They were in a white minivan with North Carolina license plates when they came under fire, according to the U.S. Embassy. It's believed they were mistakenly kidnapped after being caught in the middle of a shootout between rival gangs in that area. So what's the status? Who, who do we have and who is hurt? Two are dead. Two, two, two are, are dead hurt. and two are hurt. Okay. And they, okay. That's all the Scott info. Scott Machura weighs in for Montana in reference to the story of the four Americans kidnapped and whereabouts unknown. Well, we now know. A woman I work with here in Bozeman grew up in St. Paul and attended St. Paul Central High School. She has friends who used to take their VW van from Minnesota down to Mexico to camp every year. They stayed in a quaint area that was not unlike an American campground, complete with a camp host, similar to American campgrounds. Two years ago, they returned to their usual campground on the Baja Peninsula. The camp host told them he was happy to see them return and thought he needed their business, but he suggested they never return. Oh. He said about three weeks later, after Biden was sworn in, their town woke up to the head of their mayor on a pole in the city with a message from a cartel that this was their city now, pushing back Scott Matura. Jesus. This, uh, this area, actually, there was a State Department warning not to enter that area uh, but apparently they just i think the people who went uh, would have been unaware of that warning 
Yes. Matthew, doesn't uh, the body have a place in Baja? Yep. Yes. But who's going to mess with him? It's probably well protected. Well, I know, um, and people have their own opinions on him, but uh, Senator Dan Crenshaw has been going after this because of this story and basically saying, well, if we're not going to wake up now, then what, what is well, it going was, to take? This was right across the border in Brownsville, Texas. Right. Brownsville, yeah. Basically saying, though, if we're not going to wake up now, what is it going to take? No, we're witnessing a society that's becoming destroyed. I think, uh, in fact, outside of the governor's place, there's a sign, and I'll, I'll translate for you, no telefono, nueve uno uno EC. What would Stevenson think about this, this uh, character in Coon Rapids? Uh, this would be the fault of inadequate tummy tuck no, surgeries no, no, no. in the United States. <clears throat> in the case of the mayor, yeah. in that case of yep. getting beheaded, it's the knife's fault. It is. It's uh, the knife's uh, fault that that mayor got right. beheaded by the drug you cartels. Want to be a mayor and, go down to... and no pole should have been available. No, there, there, put his head on. Pole should have been secured <laughs> in a locked area. Yep. Yeah. He didn't mention the name of the mayor or the name of the town, though. No. No, well, be. I have heard the name of the town mentioned, but I don't remember what it is. Be nice to have those facts. Well, just so it isn't garage logic where the mayor is still functioning. <laughs> is where? that the governor's place down there in the Baja? Is that yeah, where the silo full of tortillas is? All right, next to the polar bear femur. <laughs> Got it. It'd store, be fun to get store. Wouldn't, wouldn't it be fun to get Will Sasso on? Oh, oh yeah. God! Have you I guys want go Will at it? to go against Jesse. They have the three of you on. uh, Yeah, have the body. It'd be like when Rook went on with... uh, Caliendo. Caliendo and Morgan Freeman. Caliendo said, you're doing somebody. We just just don't don't know who. Yeah, but his Jesse is pretty good. Oh, it's fantastic. I don't have the thick pipes anymore, though. It's gone higher in my old age. You should start smoking. Yeah, there you go. Pat wanted to be a smoker to get a better voice. Try <laughs> I'm smoking and I'm not wearing a seatbelt. <laughs> uh, last evening, I'm, well, I'm sure this story will bring about a lot of whataboutism, but I'm going to read it anyway with just the facts. Last night, Fox News host Tucker Carlson mm. showed some of the video shared with him from January 6th, shared by House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Carlson announced back in late February, remember, that McCarthy had given him exclusive access to 44,000 hours of security video. That brought forth condemnation from both sides of the aisle and from journalists. While Carlson used some last night, he focused last night's segment on promoting former President Trump's narrative by showing video of his supporters walking calmly around the U.S. Capitol. He asserted that other media accounts lied about the attack, saying it was not a riot. He said, yes, there were some bad apples, but he called the people there <laughs> sightseers, not insurrectionists. How come then they had to get in by climbing a wall? <laughs> Carlson added, taken as a whole, the video does not support the claim that January 6th was an insurrection. The video that Carlson didn't show, of course, uh, shows police and rioters engaged in hours of violent combat. Nearly 1,000 people have been charged in connection with the attack. About 140 officers were assaulted that day. And 326 people have been charged with assaulting, resisting, or impeding officers or employees, including 106 assaults that happened with deadly or dangerous weapons. Carlson also said at the top of his show yesterday that Fox had checked with Capitol Police before it aired any of the video. Turns out that wasn't true. He said their reservations were minor, saying that Fox blurred a door inside the Capitol in response to the agency's request. However, 
The U.S. Capitol Police said they thought there was an agreement with the Committee on House Administration, not with Carlson's show, that Capitol Police would be given the opportunity to review all the clips that Fox was planning to air. Uh, they were not given that chance. Only one clip was showed to them during the day. John, completely, completely unrelated. Yeah. What's your email address again? Yeah, well, whatever. Yeah. You know, I you guys said you got a bunch of complaints about that. I got three emails all saying way to go. Right. That's like a tornado <laughs> destroys the town. Yep. But the the clips you decide to show are people calmly walking down a street. Oh, well, that's the what is that called? Um gaslighting? Uh, gaslighting. Yeah. That's kind of what's going on in downtown Minneapolis. Wouldn't wouldn't oh, you say? I agree. I come on down, have f- dinner at one of our yeah. fine restaurants. Look at these <laughs> folks walking calmly yeah. to their car. You see yeah. a lot of that too on social media, where there's a kid riding a bike down Nicollet on a Sunday morning at eight thirty. Yeah. Okay. Here's, well, that's uh, fine. But here's the part that disturbs me about all the conversations about this. This was January sixth, and an attack on the U.S. Capitol. Mm-hmm. And last week it turned into a whataboutism. And just now it turned into a whataboutism. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? It was an attack on the U.S. Capitol. Oh, we all, I, uh, don't we all agree? <laughs> we do. I, yeah. I would hope so, yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, I, it's, I, yeah, oh, yeah. God. Oh, and you're but, talking you, the public in general, John, not, get, not the five get, of yeah, us. Chris, Chris will get emails uh, saying, you know. See, as a tourist, when I visited, say, uh, the Louvre, the Louvre. <laughs> Is that how you say it? The Louvre. Louvre. I didn't climb in. I I just got a ticket and went through the door. Walked through right through the front door. Okay, all right. Well, the ridiculousness of what Tucker Carlson said is unbelievable. I looked around and left. Come from (laughs) DeWolves. Well, he just, maybe his copy was written wrong, John. Maybe he should have said there were a few good apples. I get back to the question I asked you guys. Instead of a few bad. I get back to the question I asked you guys last week. Is there an amount of money you make that would allow you to behave this way? I mean, what, what, Not Carlson, you're a fraud. Tucker, Look, you're a phony. I make no money and I have a hard time living with myself. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, Carlson, you're a fraud. <laughs> Hannity, you're a fraud. He's also, well, never mind. We, we could get Laura, you're Tucker. a fraud. Let's There's get no getting Tucker. around it. So it must be you make enough to be a fraud. Well, remember, Tucker's the same guy who loves Putin and hates Ukraine. Yeah. I mean, Maybe maybe this is exactly what he thinks. But I, don't know. I would I, I would know. add, and I've said it before. I feel that way about all of the network and cable news. See, there's outlets. your what about ism. See, this is well, what do you mean? No, it's I agree. I agree. CNN just as bad. They no, didn't, they didn't uh, show this. We'll as John, John, as a general statement, not necessarily about this topic. Do you know what I mean? I don't trust anybody. Is what I'm saying. Uh, okay. I think that's a good right. way to be. I well, don't I do trust too, yeah. anybody. Yeah, yeah, I'm not disagreeing with anything you said, John. I, I just, I, I don't trust anybody. A Colorado man, prosecutors say, was affiliated uh, with the right-wing anti-government three percenters. I'll just move on to this story related. Uh, admitted that he marched with the Proud Boys on January 6th. 26-year-old Robert Geeswine of Woodland Park, Colorado, stood out in the day's video recordings carrying a baseball bat and wearing paramilitary gear, you know, the stuff a sightseer would wear. Well, that's what I wore when I went to the Louvre. I put on that, that bear suit, and I had a hat with horns on it. Did you have a bat? And I had a, a bat, and then, yeah. but then I bought my ticket. 
He faces an estimated range of 41 to 51 months at sentencing. Uh, he faces a lot of charges, including 11 count indictment, including four charges of assaulting police. In plea papers, Geislin said that before the attack, he gave a media interview to which he said he hoped to keep President Trump in office. He said he marched for three hours that morning, then threw water bottles at officers guarding the West Plaza, and then sprayed aerosol irritant at two groups uh, groups of police defending the Upper West Terrace stairway, according to his plea papers. Again, things sightseers might do. All right, I'll stop now. The Proud Boys are angry, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They're the angry boys. They're uh, uh, they're. P.O.'d boys. They're proud of how angry they are. Yeah. What about yeah. the Duke boys? Well, they got in some hazards. They're, they're on the too, run for a while. They're too busy trying to shake Oscar or uh, Roscoe P. Coltrane. True. Right. <laughs> and Cletus. Who was the sheriff? What was his name? Roscoe P. Coltrane. No, no. the little guy. That was J- Boss Hogg. Boss Hogg. Different... Sherman. Oh. Boss Hogg wasn't My the across-the-street neighbor where I live, previous to where I live now, was good friends with that guy. <laughs> He wasn't the sheriff, though. He was yeah. the... Whatever he was. Oh, yeah, he was like the... the mayor or something? Mix, are we mixing the up the, uh, the... Roscoe's the, movie, the sheriff. The Burt Reynolds movie with... You have two was the experts on the Dukes of Hazard and me and Kenny, and you three idiots are trying to figure out who the sheriff is? You know the sheriff's what? Roscoe. Thank you. Well, who was who was Boss Hawk? He he was like the city... Um, was he a mobster? Basically. Oh. He ran Hazard. He ran the town. Was Hazard the town Co- named Hazard? No, Hazard County. <laughs> Jefferson Brown reverses uh, yeah. and he knows everything. What else do you need to know? <laughs> I, I saw every Jefferson single episode. Jefferson Davis, J.D. Hogg, known as Boss Hogg, is a fictional character in the American TV series <laughs> Dukes of Hazard. Well, we know he that. He was the commissioner of Hazard County oh. and the county's oh. political boss. Oh, yeah. That's what it is. Now, where does Sheriff, uh, uh, what's his name? Roscoe P. Coltrane. No. Coltrane. Buford T. <laughs> T. Justice. Justice. Where does now he that's, figure that's in? That's the movie, right? Oh, that's that's Smokey and the that's Bandit. That's the Burt Reynolds movie. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. There's no way you came from my loins. <laughs> when I get home, I'm going to punch your mama right in the mouth. Now, speaking I, of I that. Conf- speaking I confess of that. Yes, Joe. Hello? Joe, I don't know if you are aware of this, but <laughs> it is the end of the world as we know it, and I have more proof. While I was waiting for work to start, I pulled up the TV and found Bonanza was going to start. Being a young man in his 30s who was taught what the good stuff was, I decided to watch a bit before work started. And I was appalled when before the show started, they gave a warning that the following program contains old cultural depictions. Listen, I'm no expert, but if you need a warning label of the old Wild West in one of the most classic TV series of all time, you have completely gone off onto the third rail. Keep pushing back from the mountains of Colorado. Hannah Rouquet. I have not ever seen a warning on an old television show. Oh, yeah. They're ever. more, more really? and more frequent. Yeah, more and more frequent. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my word. Well, well, now if you watch Netflix, and we just finished Mad Men, it was smoking, yep. drinking, and you know, promiscuity, 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 promiscuity. That's Elmo Fudd. Then why don't they have a warning when you're watching, for example, Peaky Blinders, which is full of darkness and criminal behavior? I think, and, I think they do. I, uh, you might want to watch a little closer. I, bet I don't want to see a warning. Well, they uh-huh. just have a little thing that says contains violence, oh, okay. blood, yeah. nudity. It's whatever. all I can do just to yeah. get her to switch over to the uh, classic. 
closed caption. <laughs> John, thank you. Is it my done? Am I, I done? So. Why is it not? my done? Are we done is yet? It, is we it done my done? Speaking of the Duke boys, another great set is the Anderson Brothers. You guys have heard about the Anderson Brothers. I'm talking about Anderson Brothers Outdoors. I thought he was talking about a TV show. I did too. They might as well be. That's how great their work is. Uh, A brand new partner to the GL podcast. This is a pretty cool story. So the owners, their brothers, Christoph and Justin, they started the business Back when they were in junior high school, they were just mowing lawns around the neighborhood, and they kept at it. They worked hard, and now they have grown into a premier outdoor living business. Anderson Brothers Outdoors is a full design and build outdoor construction company. Whether you're interested in a custom natural wood or composite deck, a paver patio, hardscaping pools, outdoor kitchens, or have something else in mind, they look forward to creating the outdoor space you desire. Maybe a place, Rook, where you can put all sorts of news stories Hell and papers yeah. that you just have just scattered around if the you place. you got something to do, you got to get out <laughs> They'll of take care of you. Anderson Brothers Outdoors, they'll consult with you to design your dream outdoor living space. And you get to take a look at a personalized 3D rendering of the design prior to the project start. And you have to look at some of their great work that they have done. <laughs> Check them out online. AndersonBrosOutdoors.com B-R-O-S AndersonBrosOutdoors.com If you've been thinking about pulling the trigger on that dream outdoor space, well, Christoph and Justin are your guys. AndersonBrosOutdoors.com Please tell them you heard about them here on the Garage Logic Podcast. And now, a man who has never had a relationship with a tree, Joe Suchere. A few arguments I'd rather not get involved with. Grass-fed beef versus corn-fed beef. Oof, that's a hot button. Uh, Gas versus diesel, another one. And uh, the one Such brought up earlier, single stage versus two stage. And all Boy, I'm I was say, struggling with that single I'm, stage. I'm, just, I'm not going to tell you what to buy. I'm just going to say a two-stage will do everything a single-stage will do, but the reverse might not be true. Mm-hmm. But here's the deal. It doesn't matter because you can go down to Tri-State Bobcat during their spring sale on Toro, uh, Toro Power Clear single-stage blowers and Power Max two-stage blowers, and you can ask one of the consultants there. You know, they're sales guys. Let's just call them what they are. And they'll tell you everything you know, and you can make up the uh, make up your mind for yourself. But I promise you, whatever whatever you get, you're going to look forward to the next snowfall, wet, dry, whatever it is. Uh, the best bet: get to a tri-state location, or even pick up the phone, tell them you're a GLer, and then go down there and pick up the unit that best fits your needs. If you're thinking about summer, boy, these Toro Zero Turn mowers—they're going to cut your time spent mowing. If it takes you three hours. With a zero turn, and I don't think I'm being outrageous, you can at least cut an hour off. Stop driving circles. Start going back and forth. Spool that thing up. Let it rip. Um, both the uh, Now, we're talking the best pricing on select previous model years, both the Time Cutter and the Titan zero turn mowers, uh, anywhere from 42-inch to 60-inch. Discounts 10 to 20%. Uh, that's a big bunch of snowblowers, carryovers, and everything else on sale right now. So, like I said, get on the horn. If you're down in the Owatonna area, area or even close uh, Mankey's Outdoor Power Equipment in Oatana now part of the Tri-State family so whatever I say about Tri-State also applies at Mankey's in Oatana and like I said stroll in tell them uh, hey GL are here I heard it on the podcast and uh, you'll find them three locations in town Burnsville, Little Canada and Hudson on the web tristatebobcat.com 
only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park in Umpumalanga, South Africa, from the Traveling Lymans at WorldwideWaftage.com. On this day... Joe, today is March 7th. In 1882, the Minnesota State Butter and Cheese Association was organized in Rochester. The group promoted dairy farming in the state and counts among its successes the Grand Sweepstakes Award for the Best Butter... At the wow. 1885 World Industrial and Centennial Exposition in Nolens. Huh. Huh. Best butter. Wow. On this day in 1913, 3-7. early in the morning, a plainclothes copper was beaten and thrown out of a room at the St. Paul Hotel where <laughs> members of the state legislature and their <laughs> friends were said to be playing cards. The officers returned with six more plain clothesmen, and exciting scenes followed, including the uh, the flight through a window into another room by a man who had hit the first policeman with his fist. Although at least one man was told to appear later in court, the entire matter was dropped while the legislators complained of a frame-up by the coppers to make trouble for members to disf- in disfavor with city administrators. Wow. Now, what's That's that called when you're thrown through a window? Defenestrate. Defenestration. Yes. Oh, 86 is yeah. what we call it. Thank you, GLers. Sorry right. for such a short show, but... I have to do something. <laughs> Gotta go Gotta to the bank. bank. No, Gotta go no, to the uh, GLers, don't forget oh, to subscribe yeah. to the Garage Logic YouTube channel, Rook. How do you Got do the whole fist up there, Doc? Yeah, hey, how you doing there, Tiger? Let's get her going. That was Dr. Walls, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, if you would like to see uh, Garage Logic at its finest, you may sign up. Our, uh, at the uh, YouTube page. Go ahead. Are you and Governor Walls gonna be holding hands? Nope. Oh, okay. Continue. He's got he's he's got other things in mind. Hey, check out the Garage Logic Town Council at garagelogic.com. I just saw another thing for you to sign over there, Suchi Boy certificate. Another satisfied customer. Only cost ten bucks a month or hundred bucks a year. Sign up for the Garage Logic Town Council. Get entertained and check out the online store at garagelogic.com. It is time once again to check in with our guy, Mr. Money Talk. Josh Arnold is on the line with us once again here in Garage Logic. And boy, now's the time for you to do the same. So don't delay. Pick up the phone and make that call for that free 48 minute financial consultation by doing just what I did. Pick up that phone and dial 952 925 5608. That number, once again, is 952 925 5608. You call that number and you get Josh. And you're always going to get straight talk. You are never going to get sugar-coated advice. And Josh is with us once again here in Garage Logic. And boy, Josh, it's that time of the year when the Fed chair goes before the House and the Senate. That is true. He Twice a year, the Fed chair goes before both the House and the Senate. The Senate today, the House tomorrow, and Fed Chair Jay Powell is talking as we speak about the direction of interest rates and the direction of inflation and a little bit about the direction of the economy. The Fed, in market terms, still in charge as the Fed's macro view of inflation and what they can do to bring inflation down, primarily by tightening the money supply and raising interest rates in an effort to slow 
the economy and reduce demand for products, therefore bringing down inflation and or creating price stability. That's their stated goal. And of course, they're focusing in on the data. And in Powell's opening remarks, he said, well, there is disinflation in certain sectors of the market. There's still enough inflation and enough data. And data is accumulated not in real time, but from the past several months. Witness the market's reaction in January to a strong employment report. And we've got another employment report coming for the month of February on Friday, as well as a higher than expected uh, consumer price index number also in January. And the next one for February comes next week before the Fed meeting. The chairman indicated that those numbers were too strong and indicated that the Fed is not only on the job, but if data suggests that they will continue their path higher interest rates for a longer period of time, and indeed their terminal rates will likely increase as well. Meantime, the Fed has indicated that they do have an effort to increase unemployment as a factor to bring down wage inflation, which they still think is sticky. Now, while they have said they are not targeting a higher unemployment rate, their reports have indicated that a higher unemployment rate would definitely help. Now, while I don't normally agree with Senator Elizabeth Warren in questioning of Powell today, she did say that if the unemployment rate rises to the Fed's desired rate, that would mean 2 million people, 2 million more people would be unemployed by the end of this year. That's not something that is going to get the economy growing again. And my big belief is you need economic growth. And the more economic growth you've got, that it could be a factor in slowing inflation and possibly bringing it down just as much as raising interest rates and tightening the money supply. The fallout from the tightening cycle that the Fed has gone through, the full effects have not yet been felt in the economy. And overall, the unintended consequences could be harmful. I do remain adamant that growing the economy is still a lot more important, or maybe I should say growth conquers all. In terms of growth, well, we've seen some growth in, in quite a few companies recently as companies continue to report earnings, though the earnings season is starting to wind down. Dick's Sporting Goods are reported much better than expected uh, numbers. Dix had a new a new high today, and they had much better than expected same store sales, and they upped their guidance for the remainder of the year. Academy Sports uh, jumped up, we'll say jumped up as well, and their report is coming. So if Dix did well, the belief is that Academy Sports would also do well. Far Eastern uh, Company. C Limited, which we'll say is a both an e-commerce company and a gaming company based in Singapore, we'll say crushed their numbers. 
So they were a beat and raise also. Their stock had a very significant $10 a share rise on their their numbers as they will say beat and raise. Plus, they have gotten several upgrades for the year from Goldman Sachs. And speaking of Goldman Sachs, now they came out yesterday and initiated new coverage. They, on favorite Apple yesterday, raising their price target or initiating a price target of $199 a share. Goldman's views followed Morgan Stanley's views last week on the stickiness of Apple's ecosystem, something that I have been talking about on this program and to my clients for many years. So still, despite the Fed and its overhang on the market and the market's direction, there's still places that you can be bullish on for the long term. Excellent advice, Mr. Money Talk. You heard him, GLers. Now's the time for you to pick up the phone and make the call for that free 48-minute financial consultation by dialing 952-925-5608, where you're always going to get straight talk and you're never going to get sugar-coated advice. Josh, as always, thank you so much for the time and the chat. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you again on Thursday. Thank you very much. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser.